Okay, here we are. Episode three of the Cracking Coaching Series. How are you, Camos? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a lot better than I was a few weeks ago. I think you are too. Yeah. <laughs> We're both, it's actually, it's, it's, yeah, we both got COVID at the same time. <laughs> Post-COVID coaching, that's where we're at. <laughs> Just, I Lucky know, clients, huh? We can have a little support group. <laughs> I'm sure there's thousands if we actually asked. <laughs> There'd be loads yeah. of people, but yeah, feeling, feeling a lot better, a lot stronger. It's uh, definitely a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. I was telling a friend of mine that I'm like, it's like I have to get to know myself again, you know, because yeah. my energy is so different. Yes. And before. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's For, like forces you to slow down, yeah. stand still, reflect, know know who the most important people are in your life, know who's there. You see you see you see a lot of stuff in this kind of situation. Great to have you back um, properly. <laughs> so yeah, this Same will thing. be this will be our last one before we release the actual series. Uh, so this is our, our third and our last. Uh, so that's really exciting and obviously they're all uh, different areas of focus. Today's one is going to be on critical coaching tools. So we're going to delve a little bit deeper into the types of techniques, practices, exercises that can support clients on their coaching journey, different things that coaches can use that can be really, really. So how valuable firstly have you found them? Yeah, I mean, it's really, so, so I, I was thinking about that, and I think it's really interesting how, um, I don't know, over the years, how many tools I've learned, and then how there are just some of them that just right away, just, you know, you click with, and then some of them, you're just kind of like, you just need a bit more time, and then they come back, and so they ebb and flow, and I, I feel like I have these phases where I'm really into a tool, and I use it a lot, and it's applicable to a lot of situations so so and then and then yeah and then some I completely forget about and then someone else will you know mention them again you know in my coaching peer groups and so so I don't know I I find it really interesting it's like these you know how much they might my, my excitement with them fluctuates but what what about you do you have uh tools that you always come back to Yes. Or, or does it change I do I have tried and tested tools um they don't always have exactly the same effect with every client because every client is different they're they're always helpful but there can be some situations where they're really like a an eye-opening you know wow moment uh, when that tool or that exercise is used so i think the, the power of them is that not only do they help get more information and insight and and things from the client the clients having to explore more but it's the timing in which you use the tool it's knowing as the coach, okay, this tool, this exercise comes at this point mm-hmm. because this is the critical point where they are, where I need them to do this. It can be something which is hard for them because they're going to have to face something. They're going to have to uh, explore something that perhaps they haven't for some reasons. So you're, you know, you're, you're giving them a challenge, if you like. You're, but ultimately, if they can meet that challenge um, and overcome that obstacle, then they get themselves into a stronger, more positive position with a lot more direction and a lot more clarity. So if you use a certain exercise at the wrong period in the coaching journey, then you're not going to get as, as good a result. 
Mm. And it's understanding what stage you're at with the client. And okay, this is here. So, for example, in the self-discovery phase, which is at the early part of career coaching I do, that is when I use the majority of the exercises is at the beginning of coaching. Yeah. This is where we're trying to find out about the individual, uh, what brought them to coaching, things about their character, their skills, their, their talents, their interests, passion, purpose, obstacles they've had in the past, all their achievements. So, so many things that I'm needing to find out about them. And I'm doing that, A, to understand them more and understand where they are. But, for example, the 10 achievements one that I use. This is quite powerful. A, because it gives me a fantastic idea of what they've done in their career to date, the kind of work that they were doing, the area of focus. But the other reason to do it is to remind a client of their achievements. Because mm. one of the major issues with so many people that I career coach is that lack, that loss of confidence, lack of confidence, for whatever reason. Um, their lack of confidence leaving a job and then going to a new one, they're very comfortable where they are, but they don't know how they'll be when they enter a new company in a new position they're out of their comfort zone or they've lost confidence because they have been out of the the paid workforce for some time and now they're re-entering so getting them to reflect and think about and share their 10 achievements in their career because sometimes they they go beyond career and they put them in their life so i can really see what it is they're proud of and what it is that they've really invested in, in themselves this tells me a lot about them, but it, it reminds them. And I, I often see that it really lifts them when they are reminded, oh yeah, I did that. I did that thing five years ago. I achieved this for this company. And this gives them that sort of, that, that understanding that they haven't lost these skills. They still have them. They're really capable people. And it helps with the, the growth mindset that we talked about before of them believing that they can learn and they can continue to grow as people and in their career. So, so do, you, do you frame the question, like, what are your proudest career achievements? Is it something like that? Yeah, on that particular exercise, it's called 10 achievements, that particular one that I use. So I frame it as a career because that's the, fo the focus of the coaching. But I do say to the, the clients that if they want to use a big achievement, which isn't work-related, then please use it. And one lady, perhaps for an example, she she completely renovated uh, a home. It was a major project that lasted, you know, two years. It was a major undertaking. And she managed all of it. And it is a big achievement for her. And there are some work elements to it because of the, the project management and the coordination. And there is some transferability in that skill in her career that she used in her personal life, but it is a huge achievement of hers to what she what she created with that home. So it's yeah, no, absolutely, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I I really like to spend some time, uh, kind of merging the two. Uh, I I'm, I mean, same as you, I specialize in career coaching, but um, just reminding people that you know their skills are transferable, so it doesn't matter that you haven't necessarily been paid that skill it's just you just you know it's still kind of part of your arsenal so so um yeah like that's a really good example or just or i i also uh, also say like you know when we're talking about superpowers right so 
know, what are your superpowers? And I, te you know, it tends to be something that is so easy for you that you can't, you don't even know that it's easy for you. You know what I mean? It's so, so I, I often use the example of, you know, I'm the one, like if I'm going away with my friends, I'm the one who organizes everything. That's an example. So, yeah. so it's just like, it just comes so naturally to you that you don't even know that you're working or that that's a skill, you know what I mean? Uh, so, so it's, um, it, it, and that is transferable, obviously, if you're, you know, or if you're like always planning everybody's birthday parties and everything, you know, you, event planning is, is also a job that yeah. people get paid for. So, Absolutely. so, uh, and when you also break it down into what is the detail of what you're doing is, you know, you're, 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 you're calling people, you're organizing, you're whatever, project managing. So, so I, I think it, there's something really interested in that, interesting in that just kind of also go, going back and looking at your achievements or your life and just saying, okay, what are the things that come naturally to me? And then, you know, just leaning into your strengths. Absolutely. I like to talk at the, with the skills transferability, I like to use the analogy of a backpack or a rucksack um, and have them visualize that their skills and talents and achievements did not stay behind in the company that they left. Because I get that sense often with clients, they've lost that confidence. Somehow when they left that company, all of the things that they did are there. And I... I need them to understand that, no, it's like a backpack. You have it with you. It's carry-on. It's portable. And it's transferable. You got it, but you've forgotten about it. You're not in touch with it. So we need to connect you with your skills and your talents and your achievements and all of your capabilities. So I, I like talking about it in that way. This helps. It makes them feel brighter. And also, another exercise I do is, uh, which is links to what you're talking about with the superpower is the one of passion versus purpose. So talking about those two elements, but understanding the difference between them. So purpose, mm -hmm. purpose being actually more powerful because normally somebody's purpose is linked to the contribution that they really want to give to the world. It's normally better aligned to their true values. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great place to understand, you know, where are my values, what do I really want to make as a contribution? Because if you can work in that area, then that's ideal. Whereas a passion yeah. could be something you're interested in, but it's not as core perhaps as who you are. Yeah, um, so I, I, also, I also like to work with values for sure. I think yeah. it's, um, I mean, there's lots of ways to do that, but I really like, I mean, it's it's a bit, maybe it's a bit cruel, but, it's, but, uh, but I really like an exercise that generally people find quite hard which is just taking just a list of values um, and just saying, okay, out of those, what are the ones that are the most important yes. to you? And then just maybe try to pick one or three, um, you know, and those are, let's say, those are your core values. And you'll probably find that through your life, those might change a little bit, but they won't change very much. And then just kind of, you know, bringing those back into the conversations as we explore kind of career paths Absolutely. and options and everything. Or, you know, why you're unhappy where you are. Just kind of bringing that, okay, well, you know, are your values, you know, are they explored in, in this current position that you're in? And how can you kind of bring them to life? And um, I, I do tend to find that that's, that those are always quite rich conversations. They are. It's, a, it's really exploratory, the values part. And I think, they, I think that they don't expect that. 
Another angle that I sometimes use is asking them a very open question about leaders that they admire or companies that they admire. Now, when I do that and we start to think about it and share it, then we start to understand, okay, well, what is it about this particular leader or this person? And we start to see the values thing come out. Leadership yeah. style, values, what type of companies do you admire? Um, what's the woman you admire the most in the world, the man you most admire in the world, you know, that kind of thing. And you're, oh, okay, so the chosen this person, that's really interesting. That, that's, that's a yeah, because that can also tell you a lot, you know, about, you know, it, sometimes it's, it, it can be, I don't know, I also, I, I use that a lot I, with a lot of different exercises actually like flipping it. So, you know, when you're saying, okay, well, what's your dream job? And maybe that they're a bit stuck because they haven't been really able to talk about that you know, or to dream about that for so long. So then saying, okay, well, what's the worst job in the world? And then just why? And then going into that, obviously you can flip, right? So so it's it, it's just, um, you know, ch shifting that that point of view, I think is really interesting. And that's something that my supervisor told me like really early on that really what you want to do is, you know, you're kind of each person is kind of like, they're stuck in their story. So you want to just take them out of that. So you want to like shift their point of view. So you can, you can, you know, say, okay, what if you were talking to your best friend? What would you say? Or you could say like, okay, what if you're like five years down the down the line in the future? What would that look like? So just shifting the angle that you're looking at a situation can bring up some good nuggets of insight. Yeah, right? I do. Um, I do use the flipping thing, but I tend to use it more with people who really appear stuck and unclear they have really no idea what their career direction is so the, when I cannot get information from them about what it is that they want to do I mean it doesn't it's probably rare this happens less but that a good place to start is then what don't you want to do what jobs and activities do you hate what's the worst part of your job you know whatever then you can start to go okay so not this but we can at least take so it's a starting point for, you know, other than then you start to move it back in the other direction of, okay, what do you want more of? What do you enjoy the most? And, and those questions are simple. What do you like about your job? Very simple. What's, what's more informative is getting under that of, you know, what distracts you. Tell me what distracts you. Now, this says a lot about a person. What types of activities distract you? Tell me the types of things where, when you do them, you completely lose track of talking. Yeah. You know, and this isn't always work-related. This is like, oh, you know, it could be something like reading or music or whatever. Something that somebody is doing, and once they get started, and they have never thought about that thing. Yeah. But understanding that it distracts you and you lose track of time means that it's very, very important, and it's a real area of interest. And it's perhaps a passion or purpose that you have. So it's something that they need to pay attention to, but they perhaps haven't before. They've just answered the question of, oh, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. And it's not enough. And like I'll say that, what do you always push back? What do you always do last? <laughs> yeah, procrastinating, right? that's a very good one. Yeah, the stuff that you don't like. I, I always used to say years ago when I was in corporate life that, you know, 70% of your job was, was sexy and, you know, 30% of it, you know, really wasn't. And that was the case, like, with everybody. So, but it could be a different, you know, could be a different bundle of the 70 and 30. So it was always interesting to understand 
up to 30% of the stuff that you really don't like that you just have to do. Like you just have to do it. That's the reality of work. What, what is it? What is the stuff that you have to do that you don't like, that you need to do? And, yeah. and routine stuff. But then sometimes people would say things like, actually, it's the sales part. It's the, you know, I'm really great at the organization and the whatever, but I hate the stuff that's the selling. I really don't like that. That's out of my comfort zone. So you really, you learn a lot about their, their skills and their capability. And then the other, the other thing that's enlightening is the, the sort of skill versus talent dynamic of people who look at, look at those as the same thing. But I focus on talent being more natural, more born with. Um, like more so you're talking about organizational that's probably talent and naturally comes easy to you um, not something that you've had to practice and something you've had to learn although you may have over the years honed it because you've had the opportunity where skill is more practice I mean you might have musical ability or you might not but somebody can learn to play the guitar they really can whether they have the natural talent or not they can they can do it with enough practice and dedication because with the superpower angle, what you want to do, if you have a superpower, which is that this is naturally what you're good at, it is mad not to use it. It's mad not to leverage it because yeah. it's easy and you can get paid for it and you're really good at it. Now, the other question, of course, is that they might not actually like it. There are people who have the most amazing superpowers. And they actually know what it is, but they don't like to do it. Yeah, they, yeah. They there like has it. to be um, uh, an element of kind of joy in there. And I always, yeah, I, I, I think, I don't know, it's always kind of my favorite sessions when I can go look into that because there is that, it's like, okay, what you can actually do and what you're good at, but also, okay, what brings you joy and what excites you? So, so talking about what you before about flow right when yeah. are you in your flow, you flow? etc and I, I think that's definitely that's a super interesting angle and i'm trying to think of okay what are my favorite exercises <laughs> kind of like, you know the like best hits uh, <laughs> because there's so many but the ones that are that i just keep coming back to um so i can think of three right now Okay. Maybe we could do a like a you know exercise off <laughs> and just say, okay, what are your favorites? Actually, I want to ask all my coach friends, what are your three favorite tools? That's yeah. Really fun. No, that would be yeah. that would be great. Uh, so, okay. Your letter from your future self or whatever, something like that. Yes. Uh, I generally, it's always, okay, you're, you know, 85 years old, you're in your best health, you're in your dream house, surrounded by everyone you want, and you're telling them about your life and what that life was like. Yeah. And, and just, okay, who was there and what did you do and what did you enjoy? And, and so you could do that, you know, on the moment uh, by speaking or you could do that in writing you know in between sessions and i find that there's so much in there that comes out and it doesn't have to be necessarily about only your career obviously it will kind of be everything about your life but that can inform your career choices so i really like that i i, yeah. I do it i mean i'm also my favorite exercises i do myself so 
they also do them. I've heard of that one, and I know people use it, but I have never used it. I do mm. visualize visualization exercises. It's in a similar concept where you have to visualize yourself in your new job. So it's not as far down the line as the 85-year-old self, but where somebody um, is trying to get into a new position or a new career, um, I get them to visualize, say, a year's time, you know, you're in that job. You know, what is it? What are you doing? Where is it? What's the work pattern? How do you feel? Where are you living? So it helps, the visualization helps clarify what it is. And then after we do the visualization exercise, then what are the stepping stones? Okay, if that's where you are in one year and you can see it and it's a bit more clear, then what are the steps that need to be taken between now and then to arrive at that? So I love that. start there and then work backwards. And I find that very powerful for them to imagine it and believe it, that, you know, and really picture themselves in that new life and in that new career. And they've never given themselves permission to explore or perhaps imagine it before because they've, perhaps they've been in a fairly narrow, narrow lane. Yeah. I, so I um, this is my uh, little geeky neuroscience uh, you know break. Uh, so I was um, I was listening to completely kind of unrelated but not really I about the power of visualization. Mm -hmm. So I was I feel like okay it's someone who coaches actors ahead of their auditions. Okay. But who was explaining basically that um, so so what they do with their clients is they just they just visualize the actual audition the place what it smells like because generally when you're an actor and you're auditioning you know all of the places already and okay who's going to be there what are you going to wear what are you going to say how does it feel and just visualize kind of walking through the whole the whole thing yeah so what she was explaining is that it's like um you know your brain doesn't know the difference between um an experience and what you visualize it just it just actually just gets i mean your your physiology kind of is you know impacted by actually doing that so when you when you um you know come into the room for real it's like you've already been there so yes. if you visualize the whole thing going really well you just kind of you know you you can just you already have these like little um uh like milestones that you know that you're already gonna hit because it's like oh yeah I already did that so so um, I thought that was really interesting and I feel like there's there's a lot kind of to play with that you know there like is. There's it, a lot of it is powerful because if they can have vision then they have this more positive mindset it reminds me a bit of the book The Secret which I'm I'm sure you read a long time ago where you know you need to imagine it so if you want to if you want to get a new car but you haven't got the money for it, but you have this vision that you're going to have this new Porsche, then you buy a house that has a garage. You don't have the car yet, <laughs> but you buy the garage. Why? Because that is positively putting out there that energy, that mindset that I'm going to have one. If you have a single bed and you're single, but you absolutely want to have a partner in your life, guess what? Buy a double bed. Because you're creating, yeah. you're creating. Interesting. You're I, I have a friend who, who does a uh, dating coaching, and she said that, yeah, she that's that's what she did. She just uh, when she she um, she realized that she was blocking herself yes. from meeting someone, and she just uh, 
she she got like two nightstands and you know two uh, yeah. light lamps yeah. and things and she was just like I just opened that space for someone in my life and then she didn't meet someone so I I don't really uh, know much about that kind of side of things I, I I have some friends who are really into it I just I just I do think that that there is a lot you know about the brain that's really fascinating and just kind of opening just thinking of something differently I think yeah I, be I believe out. there's a link between the kind of the visualization exercises that we have our clients do and then this kind of positive thinking this positive mindset it is a shift from limiting beliefs of being scared of failing being scared of not finding being scared of the unknown it's all limiting and you're you're switching that through a powerful positive visualization of this is what I can create creating something even in your mind is very powerful it's the opposite of limiting it's expansive it's opening everything up and all the possibilities and that makes them feel great that they can picture themselves in that and then they start to behave and think a bit differently in line with this new version down the line of themselves that they've now created now they can't reach out and touch it yet it's not right in front of them but they can visualize themselves in that okay yes get out of the frame that you're in which is limited i'm trying to think of like okay what are like my favorite super favorite exercises and one of another one that i've used a lot and i use different versions of it because sometimes people feel really uncomfortable when they describe it but um you know, the idea is to get you a little bit out of your comfort zone and not necessarily completely into your zone of discomfort. So I gave it with clients, but um, it's um, it's going to a few people in your life. Yeah. Maybe people who are close to you, maybe people who are less close, and asking them, how do you perceive me? And so having, like, putting together this description of not necessarily that any of them have any kind of, have the whole truth of the picture, but just putting together, okay, a sample of, you know, I've asked a few people, and then you might see some things that keep coming up, and then actually you might see that some contradictions might emerge from what people say about you, but just kind of getting a sense of, okay, you know, there's this version of myself that I think I am, and then there's this version of myself that people, you know, kind of see, and, and it, it might be a little bit different, there might be something quite interesting in there, and then sometimes people really squirm at the idea of asking something like that because it's very exposing. So then we might just do the same thing, just kind of do a bit of a visualization like, okay, imagine someone really close to you and they're talking about you to someone else, what might they say? Or just kind of some different version of that. Or or sometimes we might just work up to it. We just, you know, work, give it two or three sessions, them getting a bit more comfortable with exploring themselves and and, um, and then they might be on board with trying it out. Uh, but I find that there's a lot of really interesting stuff that comes out of that. I use a similar one. I call it a validation exercise, but it's a little bit more focused. So when I get further past the self-discovery to actually what I call the career blueprint. So this is when a number of clues have come out and a, lot, a number of ideas of stuff that they enjoy, that they're good at, their achievements, stuff that brings them joy natural skills, you know, talent, all that. When some of this comes forward, then they start to have one, two, maybe three ideas of a new career direction. Something that they would want to do, something that they would be good at, something that fits in line with their values and all those types of things. So when we arrive at more than one, which is often the case, 
then what I ask them to do is to validate that choice with people that are really close to them, their family, their friends, to say, I'm thinking of going for my next job as a, for example, project manager. What do you think? And then the people really close to me, oh yeah, I think that's a great choice because of X, Y, Z. I think you'd be really good at that. Or I don't know, somebody occasionally might say, actually, I think you, that might not be interesting enough for you. You might be bored by that or that might not be creative enough, whatever. But the people that are closest to them will tell them and they hopefully they will validate it and help them yeah. go from maybe two choices or three choices to narrow down to just actually this is this is my calling right now. This is really interesting. So I, I actually use this also for um, like documents. So if you write a CV or if you write a website or a LinkedIn profile or whatever, yeah, uh, asking someone, does this sound like me? Does it look like mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. You know, is this because you find that I mean, and especially when you're when you're recruiting, right? Yes. The difference between the CV and the person, just it's just like we obviously it's an exercise where you're just trying to do to fit the CV format, but just kind of getting a little bit more of, yeah, I mean, just yeah, does this sound like me? You know, um, I, I I just find that it's sometimes I really like to um, encourage people to, you know, when you're asking for feedback on something, just have like a set of questions. You know what I mean? So when you're networking, I have another example. Recently, I was I was talking to a client of mine, and she's she's found what she wants to do, but now it's a matter of okay, well, how do I get there? And so, um, so we're kind of putting together, you know, a, a skills gap kind of draft. Yes. And so as she's networking with people in that field, I was telling her, well, that's something that you can validate and say, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to be. This is what I think is missing. What do you think? And this is how I'm kind of prioritizing these skills and my, you know, plan for acquiring them. And what do you think? And so they might, you know, it might, it's a little bit easier, I think, for someone to just look at something and give you some opinion about it, yes. rather than just in general, hey, what advice do you have for me? Which is, I mean, I don't know, people are really bad at giving advice, you know? It's just so broad, right? Just having like a, okay, this is my plan, what do you think? And then they can just, they maybe kind of help you tweak it. Um, I so, think, I yeah, think validation is really powerful and also I would say one of the greatest challenges a lot of clients have is asking for help or being clear about what it is that they want. So if you even think about something as simple as a making a LinkedIn contact request. So imagine you, you, know, you get a client to understand their career direction, they've got a really great LinkedIn profile. You know, they're ready to actually go to market. They're now ready to be visible. When you first started coaching with them, they felt small. They didn't know what the hell they wanted. They felt like imposter syndrome. And they were not going to be ready for any type of discussion because they didn't believe they could do or give anything of value. Now they're in a really different place. They're much more clear. They're, they're a lot more ready. But one of the challenges regularly that I see is that they don't know how to ask for help and be specific about it. So something as simple as, making a direct connection request with a contact which could be really really useful for you they're just they're just going to just make the connection request but without actually saying anything so i have to give them a particular exercise of what it is that they need to write so they're contacting 
you know, the managing director of such and such department at such and such company, which is actually their dream job. But without the guidance, they would just send the connection request. And I don't know, I guess just hope that somebody figures out that they could maybe want to work there. No, it's not going to happen. So it, it is that, that, that confidence and that discipline of saying, whether it's your friend, your family member, somebody who's a direct contact and new, tell them what it is that you want to do, what it is that you need. Ask them specifically, because if you don't, they won't know. They can't know. They're not yeah. mind readers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, and also make it easy for them to say yes. So an example oh, yeah. for um, LinkedIn networking is, um, so if you look in your network and you see that you're connected mm-hmm. to someone through someone mm-hmm. and you want to like hit that connection because it's really important to you and you could just say, you could, you know, contact that contact you have in common and just say, hey, I would like you to connect me with this person because of this, da, 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 da. can you tell them this and this and this about me? And just kind of, okay, you know, it, anything that you just make it really easy, you know, then it's just a matter of copy, paste and send. Then it's just really easy for someone to do. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're, um, if it's something that, you know, they need to give more thought to, then they might just say, oh, okay, I'll do it later, right? If you just can just make something so quick and easy that they can just do it right away. But yeah, it's, that's really interesting because I, I find the same thing that it, generally... It's normal. Well, it's well normal. because I don't know, there's some kind of shame around. Yeah, it is. Yeah, around it's it's the health, asking. Which isn't what it is. It's just you're just you're looking for a job. You're just networking. Everybody does it. That's why we're all on LinkedIn. You know, that's these people. If they didn't want to be contacted, they just wouldn't be there. And so, so you know, it's you're not needing help. You're offering your skills to these. So, so switch. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> a doubt. Saying, you know, there's you know, a doubt. You're there's offering a... your skills. You know, and and the, the person who needs that specific set of skills will be delighted when they find you. So you making yourself available to them is making their job easier. So no, they see yeah. it. They see it differently. They see it like they're begging. They see it like they're vul- they're vulnerable, like they're desperate. That is the mindset that they're in. Like I'm asking this person. Like I feel like I'm in a really weak position here, asking this person. So it. it it is a big, it is a big deal, and I also like you. I send them uh, like a copy and paste thing for them to use when they're making these connection requests. Uh, another one where you don't have a contact in common already, there isn't any other angle you have, and it is purely cold. Then they need to talk about why they're approaching them, what it is that they need. So you know, a note along the effect that you know I'm interested in working for your company. I would love to have a conversation with you to hear about what it's like to be an account manager at your company. So this works better because it's clear, it's specific, and guess what? Basically asking the person to talk about themselves. And most people are quite happy to have a short call with somebody that they've never met and talk about their job, themselves, why they like working for that company. And then if that goes well, that can sometimes lead to you know, oh, what are you sending your CV? How many people will say yes to having a short call? And it's just a matter of just making sure that you're really clear in that initial request because, I mean, we were talking about that, you know, offline before we started recording, how many people reach out to us on LinkedIn. And, and when it's really vague, it's like you just, you you know, you just don't know. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. But if there's some a really clear request, then it's like, okay, why not? Let's have a quick conversation. Kind of like pull in your favorite, favorite um, list. My favorite, 
My favorite tool, my most effective tool of all time is the childhood wonder one. Mm, that is my I love that. That is my go-to. Um, I find that really gives a lot of information and it gives a lot of reflection for the client when I ask them when they were younger and I'm talking around like six years old sort of time, um, what it was that they wanted to be when they were older, what it was that they loved, um, that kind of thing. And the reason why it's powerful as an exercise is that when you are that young, around six, your wishes, what you want to be when you grow up, all those types of things are very pure. They're, they haven't been shaped by your parents, by where you live, by your financial situation, by your environment, all those things. Um, unfortunately, as a lot of people grow up, they, they can't do some of the things that they wanted to do, either because they're told by people that are close to them that that's not practical, or often people are told, you're never gonna make any money doing that, you won't be any good at that, or maybe where they live and their environment just doesn't have those opportunities. Uh, so it's not really realistic unless they left their environment. Um, and everybody's, everybody's family situation is different. The setup, the finances, the flexibility, the opportunities, they're all different. So often, often the person knew when they were younger exactly what their direction was, who they were, and then the world and everything around them has shaped them into something else. Now, if that thing that you've been shaped into is something that actually is quite happy with, just a different option then that's fine but in many cases it's not they've done it for a long time they're good at it they get paid for it they can always do work in that area but it's not really their thing it's not who they are it's not mm -hmm. in line with their values and ma many other things so going through the childhood wonder exercise um, is not I don't always get the answer on the first go it's something that I almost need to leave with them to really kind of think about but it connects them back to their childhood self, which is always fun to go to go back and go back as, as we were when we were six. What were we like? What did we love? And it can often point to a, a direction, uh, a purpose, many other things that they have just parked um, and that they could potentially revisit and maybe explore. So I've had some of my most amazing uh, coaching experiences and highlights through people who ended up going back to those things when they were younger and then deciding that they were going to make a major career change to pursue that thing that they wanted to do when they were younger. That's like, wow. So yeah, yeah. that's the one. That's really cool. That's the, that's the big one for me. Do you have a standout one? There's one that kind of, I think it's more, I guess it's more on the deeper work kind of uh, end of the spectrum, but I really like it and um, I think it's quite interesting as well because it's something that you can take with you and I always try uh, to also talk about that, you know, what happens after you're done with the coaching and things that you can come back to and, you know, how you can do a bit of self-coaching as well and just I always like to kind of, you know, tie that into the end of the coaching. But um, I really like, there's one that's, so it's kind of you're having your, you're creating your little treasure box, right? Yeah. Treasure chest. Um, so you can put in there your, you know, your 
main achievements you can put in there, your superpowers you yeah. can put in there, kind of. And it can be something concrete. I have a client who did that. She just like had a little, she has a little like um, bio or something that she attached to her uh, keychain and because she travels a lot for work. And so in there she put little, you know, words and things to remind her of the things that are precious in her life and uh, um, it's it's very sweet and uh, but I also so in in there I also recommend my clients to write down um, you know when they receive good feedback or a compliment or someone says something you know kind to them or any like just kind of moments of, of, of joy and pride and pride I know that. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, gratitude and having a gratitude journal and, you know, is that something that you should do? I mean, I, I, I there's a lot of, you know, studies that prove that that's helpful. I, I think that with all these things, um, you should do them if they're good for you and not feel any pressure to do them if you don't feel like it. But I mean, it's beyond, for me, it's beyond gratitude. It's like, what are you proud of, you know? At the end of the day, are you? What are you proud of achieving, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. or saying no to, or not actually engaging it? You know, it can, it doesn't have to be what you achieved, but it can also be what you resisted. Um, so, so just having like that accumulation of, of, of gifts, you know, just for you to think about, because I think that, you know, we tend to. And I was thinking about that when you were saying that, you know, at some point in. People come, you know, with they, they don't have a really strong self-esteem and you have to remind them of their achievements. Yes. It's, you know, because we have this kind of negativity bias in our brain, which is, you know, our brain kind of goes over things that are hard and that are, that you've maybe failed or maybe that you regret or, and so just kind of, you know, putting a lot of light and energy on the things that you, that you do that are good and the things that you receive that are good. And because, um, I don't know, I, I personally started doing that. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just like an experience, experiment with myself. So anytime someone said something nice to me or, you know, that was moving or something, I just wrote it down. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I have like a two, now I have two, one for more personal side and one on the professional side. Good. And uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, after a while, you have this long list of kind of kind words that people have said or, I like or that. compliments or it's kind of like proof as well right of um, you know all of the kind things that my clients have said to me so whenever I'm like you know am I good at what I do it's like okay well you can revisit that you can just look at that list and okay you, you didn't ask these people for you know it's not it's not like asking for feedback it's it's feedback that you just got yeah and so yeah. I find that that's like a quite a powerful thing yeah. to do over time i like i like the pleasure of testing and it does it does link in with the the value part i mean one of the one of the greatest challenges with the coaching clients on the career front isn't isn't just the clarity of what am i going to do next or what do i want to do next it is the fact that they don't value themselves they've lost that or they never had it to begin with so if underneath it all you don't really think that you're that valuable or you're that good, then it's very, very difficult to get to the point where you're going to go to market and you're going to send your CV as like the ideal candidate. I'm the person that you need. I can bring value to your organization. Be prepared to go for interview and answer questions because inside you don't believe that you're a value. So I spend a lot of time in this area 
well before job searching and well before making applications because if you suddenly get invited to interview for something just by fluke but you actually just don't think you're up for it guess what you're not going to do very well it's going to be pretty hard to play tough um, you're going to get an academy award if you can pull that off so this this bit for me is really important so i, I do spend a lot of time because i find that that's a common denominator with with career coaching clients is this lack of value, self-esteem, confidence, all of that, or getting all that back. So the treasure chest thing of, you know, what people say to you and, and really holding on to it and revisiting it yeah. is really, really great. Um, and then one of the exercises that I didn't mention before that I'd like to use is the Ikigai one. I think we spoke about that before. Uh, so helping somebody find their Ikigai, this being a Japanese concept of your of your purpose and your, your passion kind of all combined and it sits at the center of a few elements finding your ikigai the elements are what are you good at what are you passionate about what does the world need right now and what can you be paid for those types of things so that's a that's a great exercise that somebody does on their own to help them go hey where what's at the center of this what is my ikigai what is my purpose what can i give to the world so i i often give them that and they, they might not get it absolutely bang on, but they'll get closer to it, get closer yeah. to knowing what it is. I like it. I like it a lot because it's, uh, it's, um, it just allows you to explore mm -hmm. a lot of these aspects. And generally, you tend to have maybe looked more heavily at one of them or two yes. in your life, and maybe you haven't looked at the other, you know, and the... I, I, I find that it's, it's a beautiful exercise. I like it that is. sense of purpose. And even the... You know the books are i think really cool because they talk about you know um community and just kind of you know life purpose in general and um yeah it's it's um it's i think it's really really interesting as well for yeah, sure I love and it. also i mean one of the very kind of very simple exercises but that i find uh can be good for people who are really just kind of struggling with clarity and just feel like super overwhelmed is I like to have them do the wheel of life as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very kind yeah. of beginner level yeah. uh, coaching exercise, but I like coming back to it because, and I, I've done it sometimes yeah, when I feel too. like, okay, I feel like everything is piling on top of me yeah. and I'll just do the wheel of life. And the wheel of life is just basically it has, I mean, you know, you can just Google it. It's just a mm -hmm. little picture, right? And it just shows the different spheres of your life and how, everything is going in all of these spheres and it's just it's meant to kind of remind you that when you feel super overwhelmed that actually some of these areas are probably okay you know and and then just kind of reminding yourself what are the areas that you really want to focus on and just you know um leaning into you know the areas that are going well yes um, and appreciating those so that you can build up on the other ones and then that's something that you can do you know regularly every year or something just to see how things have changed and progressed so i i like that one i like fun. it too i haven't done it for a few years now i went on a camino a few years back uh in ireland actually and the person running it gave all of us who were on the camino all of the pilgrims he called us pilgrims um it was in wicklow we were all given the wheel of life at the beginning to fill out um, and they helped them find out a lot about where we all were on our own journeys of doing mm -hmm. that. And it was it was really great. It was really interesting. But yeah, I think it's smart to do it every year and see what may have changed or what's connected more or 
other things like that. Yeah, I like to come back to exercises. Sometimes I like to um, just see the progression and I do that for myself and I really encourage my clients to do that. So, you know, if there's any exercise that they really liked that we did together, just kind of making notes to come back to it in a few months or a year's time and just yeah. see, okay, you know, where am I compared to those, you know, dreams? Um, I think it's just a good thing to do because, you know, it's like, we're always looking forward and just, okay, there's always stuff I have to do, right? And, and uh, you know, looking back sometimes is, is nice just to say, okay, this is how much progress I've made on this topic. An example <laughs> I use for looking back with clients at the very beginning, um, this is kind of during the self-discovery, is I ask them to give me the top three things that they must have in their next job. And I tell them this when they know they haven't even got a career direction yet. This is like more pure from inside. It's a bit like a relationship. Okay, so what are the things that I'm that are not negotiable that I absolutely must have for any relationship going forward? You know, can the person does a person dance? Does the person leave the cap off the toothpaste when they leave the toilet seat up or down? These these <laughs> these I can live with. Okay, deal breaker. <laughs> so. It's usually not these things. It's going to be more like something in a relationship that might be like, you know, loyalty or that person's a rock for me or various other things. But they're different for each of us. So with a career change, this is really, really interesting because I ask them at the beginning and not later on because it's pure. So if they say to me, number one is money and stability. I need a job that gives me that I, I'm paid more money and I have more financial security and stability. If they say that to me, that's me, number one. Okay, great. And then number two might be flexibility. Number three might be work-life balance. It could be I really want a boss that I really, you know, that really respects me, that I, I really want to work for. I want to work for a company that I feel really motivated by what they produce or the services that they offer. I have to work in a great team. Often people say, I need to learn a lot. I, if I can't learn in my next position, then I, I, I don't want it. So I get these at the beginning. And then what happens inevitably is when we get a few weeks or months down the line, then there is an actual job to consider. Mm -hmm. And what is fascinating sometimes is how the job that they're considering, they get super excited about it and start going down that road. But I look at the job that's been put forward and I realize that it doesn't perfectly line up with the original one they gave me mm. so um, so for example someone might have said to me that they're very in their last job they were very very stressed they worked crazy hours they commuted all the time and the absolutely thing number one for them was um, that they have a better work-life balance mm. and they not have stress and all of that so they put this at number one you know at the beginning of our coaching journey and then number two might have been money, stability. Then they get this like shiny ball job offer of really, really great money with a really impressive company. And they're just going, like they're gonna say yes, because it's great, it's a great opportunity. But then what I do is I take them back. And you remember in week one, I asked you these three top priorities. Number one you gave me was work-life balance. And it looks like this role is going to be 70% travel and an hour and a half commute and a 60 hour week. And then it's just like, oh. Mm. So then they have to revisit that. Now, of course, 
It is possible that the priorities that they give you over some time can change, or the order of them change, and this other thing becomes more important. That's absolutely fine, um, but it's, it's really great to, to keep that information and go back to it and remind mm. them before, because when you ask them when there's nothing to consider, it's just very, very, yeah, it's very pure, very authentic. But once you start to then really have opportunities to look at, you can get lost and excited with what it is that you can go towards and forget about really the, the, the issue that you have and what it is that you're trying to resolve with your new job. Because too often people go from what we call frying pan into the fire. They leave a job because X, Y, and Z isn't right. But then they go into another one and then there's just similar issues or other big issues. Because mm. they think... Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think that's, that's kind of part of the the job as well is just to like keep your clients accountable right yeah, absolutely just, yeah go back and yeah. i mean because i think sometimes people think by moving their feet and by taking another job that therefore they're making progress mm -hmm. just the act of taking a new one and leaving the other one but it's not yeah. always the case because you could just go to something which is you know same crap different pile if i can say that yeah no absolutely yeah it's like if you haven't done the like the kind of moment of reflection to see what didn't work out about this huh. what signs did i ignore about yes. you know the, the fact that there was maybe a wrong fit you know because you know really quickly um so so yeah it's that's that's i think that's really interesting for sure it's like that yeah. kind of okay let's assess what happened with this situation and then before uh before going into something else just just a change because um, it will will be new for a while but then it won't be and yes we'll just be in the same place so. yeah that's right no i i ask this one with every single coaching client no, i love and that sometimes i don't need to go back to it because they they actually hold it and they are accountable to themselves all the way through and they don't forget um but sometimes the job that is offered i can see is not in line with these priorities and then they need to look at that <laughs> figure out whether it's the right one to take or whether they should keep looking at other options. So yeah, great yeah. exercise. I love that. Yeah. I think that's really great. I think those are really good. I think that's a really good overview of really good tools. What do you think? I agree. They're they're great exercises. They're they're powerful and ultimately they, they help they help them on their journey and give us give us a lot to work with. Yeah, <laughs> definitely sure. bring up some yeah. challenges but i'm glad we were able to talk through some of them you've given me some ones that i haven't used for a while like wheel of life that i can maybe reintroduce yeah. into some yeah. of my my practice so thank yeah you me that. too i was taking notes i was like oh wait i want to use that that sounds really cool yeah, yeah there's, there's endless ones and this is the joy of being a coach is that we can continue to to find new exercises and, and tools and anything that works and we can we can change it and introduce it. So yeah, yeah thanks for that. As always, it's great to have you as my coaching collaborator. <laughs> Thank you. It's it's a pleasure. I think it's always a super fascinating conversation. I I always feel like I I learned something new. I'm <laughs> uh, I'm getting into my uh, COVID. So thank you again, Clement. So this is our last one of this uh, series, our last episode. So we will be releasing this now, this series, and uh, see what type of feedback we get. Uh, we, will, we will validate our own 
coaching advice and insights. <laughs> and uh, and we'll see if we if we do more. But thank you again. It's been it's been a great pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much.